With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone but the four person can be seated. Has the jury reached a unanimous verdict? Yes, Your Honor. If you please could hand the verdict form to the bailiff. The verdict form is in its proper order. Madam Clerk, please publish the verdict. In the Circuit Court of the Second Judicial Circuit in and for Leon County, Florida, the State of Florida versus Charles Adelson, case number 2016, CF 3036B, verdict. Count one. We, the jury, find as follows as to count one of the indictment, first-degree murder, the defendant is guilty of first-degree murder. Count two. We, the jury, find as follows as to count two of the indictment, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. The defendant is guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Count three. We, the jury, find as follows as to count three of the indictment, solicitation to commit first-degree murder. The defendant is guilty of solicitation to commit first-degree murder. So say we all the sixth day of November, 2023. Does the defense wish for the court to poll the jurors? Yes, Your Honor. You are listening to the Roberta Glass True Crime Report, putting the true back in true crime. From New York City, Roberta Glass is now on the record. Happy Monday, everybody exciting show I have in store for you today. A woman who saw it all with her own eyes from the courtroom, Charlie Adelson's amazing trial. What a trial that was. What more do you want? Dramatics and that dramatic finish. Everybody was saying it was going to be a hung jury. Jury came back. I think Three hours, including a lunch they had to eat. Guilty, guilty, guilty. 
And I believe it's going to go the same way for Donna. And no, I don't share the opinion that others have that Donna won't make her trial. Meaning she will die before her trial. And I, I'm not in, in, I don't see that. I see her as very tough, like a cockroach. And I think she will face trial. Maybe that's just my optimism again, getting the best of me, but I don't see her. I don't see her frailty. She is very skinny. But we heard about all this during Ghislaine Maxwell's the lead up to her trial. That's a trial I attended here in New York. That she was not getting the vegan food she needed. She was withering away. Her hair was falling out. And first day of the trial, the woman looked better than I'd ever seen her look. I mean, you know, they're complaining. Her family was complaining about the moldy eggs. I guess she went off her vegan diet a little bit there. The moldy eggs she was eating. I was like, get me that moldy egg. That's her beauty secret. I want it because she looked fantastic. Evil woman. Anywho, we got a fantastic show for you today. Sonny, who attended Charlie Adelson's trial, is going to tell all about it. And I had a little chat with her, and boy, was it interesting. But before we do that, let's just check into the comments, shall we? Jazz of all trades says, what is wrong with these people? Okay, don't answer that. But seriously, were they afraid of flying? My goodness, it's only a 90-minute flight as opposed to seven hours in a car. I'm not rich, but I'd fly to go see my grandchildren before I drive seven hours. Does anyone know the answer to that? I don't know why they always drove and didn't fly. I would think it would have to do with that the children were so young, it might be difficult, or it's kind of a hassle to wait around, check in, all the stuff you have to do when you fly. But more likely, it's just about control. You have total control when you're the one driving the car. Lovely Sphinx says, 7396. The Adelsons are so stupid to believe they will get away with this crime. Money, wealth, and narcissism is dangerous. These people dug their own grave with their pride and money. Did Charlie really think someone is going to believe his lies? Yes. Yes, he did. And I believe he was hyped up by Rashbaum. And I think Rashbaum was hyped up. I think they really practiced, like I said yesterday, they really practiced his direct and cross. So what I'm saying is, I believe Rashbaum went to Charlie's jail as much as he could, sat across from him and play acted it as Georgia Kappelman with the strongest, most intense questions that he could think of. But the interesting thing about Georgia Kappelman is her questions are unusual. I don't think that Rashbaum could have predicted all of them. They weren't the questions, some of them, that I would have 
thought she was going to ask. Let me know what, if you were surprised by them. I was surprised by some of them. I was really surprised that she started up off, excuse me, with a kind of butchered Occam's razor because Occam's razor is really when you have two equally good theories, you pick the one that's simplest. But here you have one totally, you have one very clear motive, one very clear story, and then you have one bizarro story that makes no sense at all. That's not simple. It's not even, I mean, they're not even on equal playing fields. So what are we talking about here? Really? So, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I think that he really thought, I, I've heard he was giving away his stuff to other prisoners or other people in the jail. Other, I guess, people facing trial. He was so sure. I know he made a comment like, is this the car that's going to take me home after I get out? I mean, I think that's the only way that you can, I don't know how you go through something like that, but I think first, the, if you don't want to go through something like that, you don't participate in a murder for hire or a murder at all. I don't know. Law Berg, Laura Berger, 1272, says, Dentists, periodontists, do not make this much money. They were screwing the government and insurance frauds. I'm telling you that something is up with their finances. Well, we, you know, that's a really good point, Laura, because, uh, you know, how many times did we hear on those wiretaps Charlie asking if it was the IRS? What was that, like 50 times? So... Yeah, I think so. And it looks like from Ryan Fitzpatrick's interview at at Judy's channel, A Legal Focus, I think it's called. So, sorry, Judy. <laughs> I, I hope it's close. Um, she did a really gr great interview with him. And, it's, and he basically said that he was in business with him. And it sounded like they were like, it sounded like insurance fraud to me. So, I mean, how many dentists want to take cash plans? I mean, of all of my, I, I don't know any dentists that even use nitrous oxide in, in New York unless they only take cash. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not taking insurance. They're just like for the super rich. Not I'm saying that the Edelsons are, but, you know, those kind of, um, Sales tactics will bring you in, will feed you nitrous oxide. Very much in line with this whole story. I'll give you a Xanax, you know. If, thanks for helping me arrange this murder. <laughs> if it's troubling your mind, here's a Xanax. Like everything's, everything about the Adelsons is handled. It's such a lack of, of focus on what's really important in life. You know, the focus is totally on money and getting their way in revenge 
I mean, because family wasn't about, this wasn't about the kids. Because if it was ever about the grandkids or the kids, why were they boarding a plane to Vietnam and leaving the kids behind? Bring the kids with. Keep the whole family together. I'm telling you that something is up with their finances. When you get to that level with ill-gotten gains, it does something to you. You you think you are God and your money replaces God and common sense, and you may have had done that. You think you are smarter than everyone else, and it's all about power to them. Right on for the right on. I cannot <laughs> agree with this comment more. Absolutely. I mean, is there such a thing? I mean, we talk about getaway, um, like gateway drugs. I mean, are there are there gateway kind of? Is there a concept of a gateway crimes? So you start with a little crime, into. But I don't think there was ever this was ever a family of morality. Rob somehow got some kind of gift there, of feeling and and duty to do what he felt was the right thing. And the other three don't seem to have that. So I don't think, I don't know if anything was ever lost in that respect. I know I'm not wondering if they ever had it. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to be talking to Sunny about everything she saw at this trial. Stay tuned. If you are enjoying this episode of My True Crime Report, please hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and share this episode. Get access to exclusive podcasts and other bonus content by becoming a patron today. If you have a question or comment for me, shoot me a super chat and I'll do my best to answer it and read it on air. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're on the air. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. This is so exciting. So, what made you want to attend? You're a you're you've lived in Florida for pretty much close to your whole life. Is that right? That's right. I grew up down here. Many uh, Jewish friends. A lot of Jewish bosses, great people, um, met a lot of Wendy's and Charlie's, uh, <laughs> not so great people. Um, the entitlement is is thick with these people. Um, it's I got I went on a grand jury for eighteen months, and in doing the grand jury in South Florida, I met our state attorney Dave Ehrenberg. Turns out Dave Ehrenberg and Dan were very good friends. Um, up until Dan died, they graduated Harvard together. And so this was right around when the bump was going down. And I just got into it from the jury perspective and from that perspective and saw how um, all of these people that did the crime were, were getting convicted and arrested, but we knew there was more to it and it just seemed like 
it wasn't done yet. It wasn't done. And no matter how many people they arrested until they got the money and who, who hired them, it didn't seem right. So right. when Charlie got arrested, I, I made plans. I've retired. I have no grandchildren. I re decided to go make a, take a three weeks and go to the trial. And my daughter and I went up there. What were you, what were you expecting and how was it different? The difference between a South Florida court and the Tallahassee court, uh, the deputies were a hundred percent nicer up North than they are down here. Uh, they wouldn't let me uh, talk about Charlie as the prisoner. I, I said prisoner at one time and he quickly stopped me. He said, he's not a prisoner. He's the defendant, um, which I thought was odd. You know, didn't he just come from the prison? But I, I didn't, I didn't get into it with him about that. Uh, they were very nice. The neighborhood is very nice. The people are very nice. Everyone that lives in the town works in the town. Uh, they're very nice on the road. They let you out. They've used their blinkers. It's just, I want to imagine how Florida used to be in the day. It's not like that down here anymore in the South Florida where I'm at. Interesting. And uh, you know, it's, 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 that's such an interesting detail that you brought up that you called Charlie the prisoner and the, um, they corrected you. What sensitivity to the defendant and to the and to the justice system and honoring our justice system and may and assuring that he has a fair trial. You exactly. Know? I mean, exactly. You know? So they, you watched all of Vadir and jury yes. selection process, and that's something that's really not been talked about. What was that like? And yeah, what it was, was that like? Extremely interesting because you really got to know the neighborhood and all the people. I mean, I stopped writing things down because it, it got quite extensive, but you know, there were full-time students and caregivers and anyone um, that had a younger child. And so they were excusing people, uh, doctor's notes, or you know, one lady was upset looking, and you know, they 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 had 50 people and they all sat on the prosecutor side and all of us attending to watch this had to sit on Charlie's side. So I'm glad there weren't cameras in there. So people didn't think we were there for Charlie. Um, so what was the final jury uh, makeup like? It was eight men, seven women. This is before the, uh, the, so this is through the whole trial before the three got excused. Eight men, seven women of the seven women one two were white and of the eight men one was black and that wasn't any problem it wasn't right there were one was a healthcare professional i think she managed um some kind of management role at a nursing home and you know um they worked at the capitol and they were just your everyday folk really nice people and when they were announcing the charges um, to the potential jurors. I noticed that like, I'm just watching the jury and Charlie and Charlie didn't even like flinch. Like he, like he was Teflon. Like when, if somebody said murder, like I, I would have been shaking in my boots and standing up screaming, not me, but he, he didn't, <laughs> didn't even flinch. He didn't wow. even flinch. It was weird. However, when they were doing the, um, voir dire and they had uh 12 or 20 at a time in the jury box, uh, 
Josh Dubin is doing this. Okay. And Who's he's Josh, Josh Dubin. Dubin. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to Josh Dubin is a he was he hired for yeah, you can tell me. I didn't know who he was. When really talk in this. Uh, I don't like to interrupt my guests, but just to explain how Sonny blew me away when we were talking earlier. Josh Dubin. So my interest is in a very niche interest called innocence fraud. So I follow the wrongful conviction movement. Josh Dubin has been a guest on the Joe Rogan program spouting this. What I So this is all my opinion of the movement which I believe it's the biggest fraud in America. If you are currently giving to the Innocence Project, I would suggest you start reading the court transcripts, looking into the cases that they're promoting and fact-checking them. Because I have looked into every celebrated case of innocence that they've pushed for the last five years of my life, and I have not found one case of innocence. Everyone is more ridiculously guilty than the next, and the idea is an ideology one on one side. They want to get rid of um, first the death penalty, which, you know, whatever, um, you know, I, I can, I understand both sides of that argument. Uh, then they want to go after life with par uh, life without parole for everybody, get rid of that. And then they want to cap all sentences at 20 years. So that's the ideological side of the movement. The other side is that they clean up once they get someone free who's been in prison for a long time, then they clean up in our civil courts where the bar of evidence is much lower and they get these multi-million dollar judgments, which mostly the lawyers keep and the, the formerly convicted killers and essayists, you know, don't see much of that money, really. It's all, you know, it's it's a, it's a money machine like no other. Thank you. So it, that was so shocking. So he was described as Charlie Adelson's lawyer, you know, part of the legal team, Josh Dubin. That's right. And uh, an idea that's okay. Of, so that Rashbaum, so really when you have a really moral defense attorney, you're going to have someone who's really not going to be willing to put out all this kind of nonsense story about a uh, extortion. So Charlie had already been through quite a few lawyers. So it's no, it's not surprising to me, but these are the kind of, in my opinion, caliber of people we're dealing with very, very well suited. It's a very good fit. Charlie Adelson, Josh Dubin, Innocence Project, all of it, a very good fit. So thank you. Thank you for letting me explain why it's significant to me. Okay. So, John, well, what was he doing during voir dire? Thank you. He was, well, well, he was creeping most of us out because unless he smiled, he's kind of scary looking. I mean, you know, men have muscles, women have intuition. He just, he, he creeped me and my daughter out. He looked uh, creepy and ugly. I called him Baldy. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I didn't know who he was for a couple of days. Um, but he did all the voir dire. And so a, a couple of the jurors were saying things like, I can set it aside or, or things like that. But one of the jurors uh, said, and you know, I'm sure others were thinking it, I know he's presumed innocent, but there must be in the eyes of the law. Now I'm reading this because I wrote it down. There must be in the eyes of the law, some reason, some evidence to get him arrested and on trial. 
And at that time, I'm thinking, wow, Charlie must be starting to realize the public's perception of him. Uh, a couple of the jurors admitted they, when they heard the charges, they did make an assumption uh, because uh, Dubin was talking about, you know, making assumptions when you hear right. the, the charges. I'm, so. I, I'm working on some of that audio is, is a little messed up. So I'm trying to fix it. To try, I will try to play some of that at some time um, because it's remarkable how heavy handed he was for the defense. I, I didn't even know they were allowed to do that stuff. I mean, he's oh, basically man. he's basically starting a defense before in voir dire. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he's. And I mean, I know they want to both pick. I mean, both sides want to pick the best people for them. But come on, I mean, talk about. And then he, he just disappeared. They all disappeared. And I think the jury was like, "Well, where's that lawyer that was questioning us?" And then all of a sudden, you know, rash bomb pops up. Yeah, so, so he really had control over the courtroom is what I'm hearing you say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, he followed us all the way down the street to lunch. They had a little off-property office they were leasing or whatever, you know, because mm -hmm. there was a lot of them. The courthouse isn't exactly modern or soundproof. So we all walked down the street, and then he came into where we were eating. He had a Greek salad and a water dressing on the <laughs> side. So he did that, do you, you think, on purpose to try to try to – Maybe root some. He might have thought we were jury. potential jurors. He might have thought we were potential jurors and was just trying to get to know the neighborhood. But he went about it the wrong way because, I mean, I'd been there for just the weekend and just going to the, the local grocery store and checking into the hotel and and the people were so nice. So I don't know. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was a little too much, I think. He's. These are just like good, nice, hardworking people. And I think that they had got their intelligence and their feelings maybe a little insulted when these people come from Miami into their town, killing their professors and then bringing these flashy lawyers in. Like they didn't even have the good sense to hire at least one local attorney. Right. You know, to right. kind of buffer. Cause I really, I, I, you know, now you're now when I talk, talk to you, talk to you, I thought, I thought maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Rashbaum was really too much, but, he represented Charlie so well. Do you know what I mean? In some ways, like they were two, you know, kind of two peas in a pod. Like he was there to sell that ridiculous story. And because it was ridiculous, he, he failed spectacularly. But I don't know that it's such a, 
what defense do you have uh, for Charlie? Uh, throw Wendy under the bus. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Throw everyone on the bus and beg for the mercy. Yeah. So who did they end up with? I mean, like, you know, who? what are some of the notable people on the jury? And what is the deal with that guy that we all heard about who was so pro Well, I, actually, um, I, I wrote about him through my whole little book here. And I've even, I called him um, Blood Guy because he worked in the, as a phlebotomist um, with, a, you know, some kind of, in the, in the medical field. That's what I remember about him. And he was sitting next to um, a young lady and she has, she had, if I remember, married to a husband in a service and she had two young kids. So she could serve because I think her mom was helping her babysit. So I just remember her because she was the youngest one. And mm -hmm. um, when Wendy was talking about her book, the girl was kind of connecting with Wendy on that, you know, uh, about, no, when Wendy, not about Wendy's book, I'm, I'm sorry. When Wendy was talking about, oh, I moved here and I joined a book club and everything and I'm watching the girl and she's just like, oh, okay, I, I can relate to this lady. Um, but when uh, what, was the, what was the rest of the jury's reaction to well, Wendy? The, and what the, was your reaction to her? Well, so when Georgia set Wendy up pretty good, and I wrote on the very first day, the jury is not going to like Wendy when they find out that uh, when they meet her because of the name change. Um, what Georgia said, you she moved to Florida, changed the kids' names, and you know, it's the men in the jury. I, I was watching them; they were just like, I don't think all of them had kids. One was a grandfather. Most of them had kids. Um, they didn't seem to like that, <laughs> that she changed their name. Like that, that just really was like insulting to them. That didn't, that didn't seem to go over too well. Also, when Wendy was talking about her book, let me see, I wrote it down here. Oh, oh so be Friday before Wendy, we're in the hallway with Wendy and her handler, that lady, and we're waiting for the courtroom to open. And so there's a bathroom, a men's room and a ladies room. And I just came out of the bathroom. And then Wendy, she, she goes up into the lady's um, arms and holds her. And she says, I got to go to the bathroom. And the, her handler says, well, let me go in there. Look, make sure there's no crazies in there first. And I look at my daughter and I said to her, I think we know where the crazies are in this building. Wendy <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, had to go in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh God, she's, and she had the worst shoes on. Let me talk about Wendy's shoes, please. I mean, I'm gonna go petty here. She she looked nice, she had her hair done, her makeup, you know, her Botox, her lips, her earrings. She remembered her hair straightener this time. Um, <laughs> and. She had on the worst, the ugliest shoes you can imagine. They were like blue ballet flats. The heels were worn unevenly. They were scuffed on the toes, the heels. They, they were the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. And they shouldn't have been in the suit that she was wearing. I mean, even a pair of sneakers would have looked more appropriate, like a soccer mom on the go or something. She just okay. looked like... I only half-assed it because you can't see the rest of me. I, I don't know. It was just right. she was ready for prime time from chest up. You know what I mean? Chest up. Like, yeah, yeah, ready for my close-up. Yep. 
So when she was talking about her book, Georgia really had her on the ropes about her book. And the, the blood guy, when I wrote him out here. Oh, okay. So when they were talking about the book, um, the blood guy and the young, the young married woman, you could tell that they like, they're, they're not buying Wendy's bullshit about the book. They knew that she was writing about Tallahassee and about hating the town and everything. So she lost a little favor right there with the jury. She insulted their town, the where they work, where they love, where they raise their family, where they earn a living. Mm -hmm. She just came in there and, and without reading the book, Georgia just told them all about it. And she totally insulted their town. They were watching them too, like a tennis match. But the blood guy kept looking at our everybody to see what their reaction was because you could tell he wasn't nobody was buying it. The, mm. She she ruined herself with that story about the book. I don't remember what the name of the university. So I have a question, I guess, that I'm confused about, which okay. is about this. I think you called him Doctor Blood, even though he's really not a doctor to me. Was that it, or Mister Blood, or something? Yeah, Doctor Blood. Yeah, Mister Blood. Great. Yeah, and uh, so I was confused about the alternates. I had heard, and I don't know if this is right because I have not had time or the focus to check it out. That the alternates just got to be alternates from where you sit in the chair. Yes. And I think like they're going to change that so because like everybody knows now. Nope. It was the three closest chairs to the exit door where the jury went in. They're the last three in and the last three out in order because they take the first row and then, and or whatever. So there were the very last three next to the door. So as soon as he said it, Blood guy, the young white girl, um, the young white girl mom that was married to the service member, and then a young, another young guy who looked army like wife. three Did other guys on the jury. Yeah, I saw an army wife. Yeah, I don't know. She, she was so young and cute. I mean, she was she looked like in her early twenties, um, and she, I really thought she was going to simp for Wendy. I was worried about her, but then He's when Wendy started disparaging the town, and it's obviously the people that were being seated on the jury they all you know either came there a long time ago or have lived there their whole life or mm -hmm. came there for for work so they have a you know they love it there and so they it and was such an opposite just being a visitor I, said everybody I was so friendly oh yeah yeah i mean the restaurants there wasn't any really great restaurants and um you know and it, there was a lot of litter. I don't know why Tallahassee, shame on you. That's a college town, but man, the litter is out of control. I've been in New York city and they give you money for the plastic bottles. And if they did that down here, <laughs> um, we wouldn't have a litter problem. Yeah. There was the litter is atrocious, but, um, the, the whole, everybody in the court, very professional. Lovely it was a very nice that. experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, then let's see, so, go ahead. So, so basically, do you think, Sonny, if we, if we, if this, if just by chance, Mr. Blood sat in a different seat and he hung this jury, do you think he would have hung the jury? And if he did hung, hung, hang the jury, do you think we, the conversation would be all be all about how the, the state now didn't do it right and, and very critical of Georgia Kappelman and, and company? 
Well, I'll tell you what happened one of the first days of voir dire. Um, I wrote it down right here. Do, 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 do. Okay, so after the first group was done and they were reading the, uh, they were, the first group was done and they were doing the reading of the indictment in the, uh, to the group. But then someone said, but first, and I think it was, okay, so Dubin was watching every potential jurors uh, they were all watching their their um, socials. Everybody that was a potential jury had all their names. So he, there was five of them. And they were looking at everybody's socials. And the next day, he said, um, uh, "There's a." I wrote PJ for potential juror. He stood up and had an objection that there's a potential juror that took a selfie in front of the courthouse and posted it on her social media. Um, and it was like a cute little photo saying, just doing my civic duty. And it was a selfie of her in front of the courthouse sign. Okay. So the defense asked the judge to admonish and Georgia looked at the picture and she kind of smiled like it was harmless, you know, like, so what, you know, it's just, this is what kids what? do. They take selfies. And so Josh Dubin said, well, we've seen how someone I wrote this down too. Well, we've seen how someone overly enthusiastic that could become a big problem later. Wow. 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 Well, wow. We didn't even want somebody to be proud to be on jury duty or, or I don't what? know. So you don't want, don't want yeah. someone doing their civic duty. That's, you just see someone who's probably moral. I mean, that's she's how just I like a, like, yeah, there was, was a college student or something. She she had to be excused because she was a student or whatever, maybe. But, you know, just just a quick like, every single day on the way in, my daughter took a selfie of herself with her outfit in front of the court TV van. I mean, it's just what they do. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, nothing offensive. But he, he took offense to that. So uh, let's so, see. Here. Just so you yeah, know, guys, I am getting your questions. I will ask them. I'm just a little overly excited. And I will, I, I find this fascinating. I will get to them. Um, we have a long time to go through this. Uh, <laughs> this is just a very relaxed uh, chat. So we, I will get to all, all your questions. Um, this was, I have a question. Uh, yeah. So do you think that that girl who was the army wife, she would have gone the same way? Do you think that well, she was just as enthusiastic that, for the defense? No, once once they started, once Wendy's book was talked about, th mm -hmm. that just put her, they, it's, they didn't like her to begin with when they found out she changed the kids' names and left town mm -hmm. because Georgia told them all that. So they already didn't like her. I mean, I got that mm -hmm. feeling. I think the girl was trying to like give her the benefit of the doubt. But then when they started she started talking about tallahassee and the town in her book uh she with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, Nobody liked her. She just, you could just get a feel for that. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I just could tell women just didn't like her. And yeah, I don't know about do. the men, but women just did not like her. 
You can read um, their faces. You can read the jury's faces. Yeah. Sometimes, I, I mean, at the end of the Nexium trial, towards this cult guru, Nexium cult guru. I mean, their I mean, their faces were very relaxed and open in the beginning, and by the end, it was like they were looking at like a, a smelling a bad smell every time they looked yeah. over at him. It's human and, nature. You know, that's why the judge had to admonish us because the 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 blood guy kept seeing so when wendy let me back wendy came on the stand and uh she was talking about how the boys have a picture of danny each above their bed and they kiss it good night every night and say their prayers so shelly markel or whatever her new last name is i'm not sure shelly's shaking her head no Absolutely not shaking her head no. She looks over at the victim advocate. She looks at her, she's shaking her head no. They're like, this is just completely out of left field. They had to have no contact with the boys. They've never heard anything about this. There's no picture. They don't know what she's talking about. So the, the blood guy sees that people were shaking their head. And then when Wendy said she wasn't sure what contempt was, like the whole gallery uh, you know, had a excited utterance of, really uh, you know and that distracted him so he had to ask to speak to the bailiff and the bailiff they went in the back and spoke and then they all came out and he's looking all smug like i just talked to the manager and he's <laughs> and the judge comes over and he's like i'm whether you agree or disagree i'm gonna ask you to you no know, not move your head or i'm like okay this is like church but worse you know uh, there's no wine. Um, the, the the pews were uncomfortable. Why is he even looking over at us? Because he's the the witness is right in front of him, and we're all the way to his left. Like he has to crane his head. He was in the very top spot, and he had to crane his head. Uh, my daughter moved to get out of his line of sight. He's winked at somebody else in the gallery. So I, I, I'm just I'm glad he got gone. And I think that. The other young man, so it was the three white, uh, a white girl and two white young men. And it wasn't really important, their their race, until they got to the texts between Charlie and Katie. And they didn't, um, they didn't blank out the N-word when Charlie and Katie were talking to each other. Like, oh, you're my brother for life, you know, with the N-word. Mm -hmm, oh, right. Mm -hmm. you know. And so he's like, oh, excuse me. So the, the the officer on the stand had to go in and put all the blanks for the N-word. And then when he put all the chats back up on the screen, it was even more obvious, all the blanks, how many times they used the N-word, you know? Wow. So at that point- so it's like the, doing no favors, right? Right. Oh, the, the women, the black women, especially, because it was all black women mostly. They just looked up, they were looking at him like, I mean, like, child, please, are you kidding me? Like- <laughs> who are these two people over here throwing this n-word back and forth it's just like an insult to their intelligence you know and 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 their sense of their sensibilities it was just so revolting mm -hmm. they, they were just they were, they were they totally turned off they that was not a jury of his peers that mm -hmm. he they, they nobody liked that that whole family i mean you could just they just gave everybody oh. the creeps well, jury of his peers would be like, you know, for Charlie Adelson's and he, they would all vote to acquit, I guess. <laughs> you know? Well, they, they were kind of on with when Dan was talking about him, you know, he's a working old mom's boy and he helped his dad and all this. That didn't seem, you know, OK, we're buying into this, blah, blah, blah. 
However, when they started talking about the amount of money, here it is, I wrote it down. When they started talking about the amount of money that Charlie made, you lost mm -hmm. them. There, there was like, Why? what? Like I go to a That's dentist so and I, I pay him right. $200. Why has this guy got all these millions of dollars? Um, so they kind of like, oh, well, this is, this isn't somebody we can relate to at all. And it's nope. probably from a lot of, sounds like from a lot of fraud. I had one question from Craig R about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now that we're talking about fraud, actually, before I talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's talk about the jury's reaction to Charlie and your, your reaction to him. What was that like? What was your impression of Charlie and what was the jury's impression of Charlie? Well, when um, they were playing the the recordings, so uh, there was like two days of just phone recordings that we didn't hear in the other trials. And Charlie had the headphones on and Charlie is talking to Donna and Donna's swinging the boys on the swing. You can hear the squeaking of the things and the Markells were right there in front of me and my heart is breaking for them. And then Donna is saying, oh, you know, talking to the boys in the background and the Markells were sitting right there. It's like you could feel the sadness radiating off of them. And they're talking about being extorted while they're rocking the kids on the swing. Like it's just another day at the beach over here. Let me swing the kid and talk about being extorted. Like. They never worried about the kids. They never called the cops. She took the money from the bump, the note, walked right to the kids' school in a half hour, walked right back. The exact same spot with the two children. They could have been kidnapped. They knew where she lived. They knew where she worked. Mm -hmm. They never. They knew where the kids went to school. They never once called the police for help. That itself was glaring, glaring. Like, it's why fine. didn't you call someone? So while you're looking through your notes, I just I'll just read a little bit of it. So it's up on the screen for those who want to read along with me. Mrs. Adelson, meaning Donna. So Donna says, that's no, that's the, they're swinging. I'm pushing as high as I can. That's the squeak of these, uh, of the swings. Charlie. Oh, all right. Donna. So I'm pushing them. The old grandma. All right. I love you. Charlie, I know you probably feel I wouldn't worry about that, but I wouldn't worry about absolutely nothing. Wow. What grammar there. And a quick question for you. Wait, hold on. Let me just pull that down. Second. Um, quick question from Karen Michael. What was the reaction to Charlie's reaction to June when she got on the stand? That was so weird. I agree with you, Karen. Uh, or Karan, I'm not sure how I'm if I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh, what was that like? I've never seen I've never seen that done in a courtroom before. It looked like he was like flirting with the and well to control because, her through his eyes through. I mean, obviously you couldn't see it from where you're sitting. Right, was right. We had we were actually watching on our phones. Um, other people like uh, the Tallahassee Democrat or I was in another chat um, so that we could see the Charlie's face because we were behind him. Um, but so first of all, she was late. She delayed the, the we couldn't find her. OK, now keep in mind, this is the fourth time she's been to this courthouse for this trial. She got lost. In the courthouse. 
She's been to four times. It's only it's only a four it's only a three-story courthouse, three or four stories. We were on the third floor. They couldn't find her. They checked all the bathrooms. And then all of a sudden they found her in another bathroom on another floor. She must have been in there getting Instagram ready or something. Did oh. you see the bag that she came in with? She still yes. she still holds she still loves Charlie. She still thinks he's the one that got away. Wow. While while you're at his murder trial. I know. What, what I mean, that was the dumbest witness I've ever seen in the history of my life. No dumber. I mean, it, it was so obvious her, the lack of intelligence. Uh the 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 first of all, her vocabulary was almost non-existent. And just there, her answers. I mean, I just remember her answer saying she said she thought she would make Charlie look better if she said. Well, I said that he was nervous and weird when I was angry. Not that it's untrue. <laughs> just that she said it when she was, I mean, it's like that, I mean, that, if anything, you're just supporting what you said, Jim. What, what do you think you're doing here? So, she doesn't. No. What, I, what I think her teeth are bigger than her brain. Well, true. so they, when they started talking about the, um, well, so Charlie was just like, to me, he was like, this girl's crazy about me, you know? I mean, think of where he's at all day. I mean, he already gives Sarah and Georgia the up down when they walked out, okay? He's a little perv. So he's mm. in jail all day and he sees June and she still loves him, you know? And she's saying whatever, but so she was late. Then she's, she's on the way out. She stops and says to Rash, can I say something? And I don't, he, she, didn't, he, she didn't even give him a chance to answer. And she said, um, Happy birthday, Charlie. When was when is his, when his birthday happened? When she got off the time? stand. When she got off the stand, she walked that by. His birthday? His birthday yeah, it was his birthday. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. The day she testified was Charlie's birthday. Um, so uh when they were so during some of the recordings, Charlie is talking to Katie, and Katie's kid, I think, has a toothache. Or something's wrong. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. Charlie, she says you can give him Tylenol and maybe give, no, give her Tylenol. You give her Xanax. Blow some pot smoke in her face. Did you hear that? I, I did not hear that. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Let me see. I wrote it down. Oh, right here. Um, Katie said that her daughter had an abscess, and then she, she's talking to Charlie, and he's like, um, "Well, why don't you just yank it out?" Or, or give her a zanny or blow pot smoke in her face. And the, the whole, the whole, the air went out of the room. We we're just like, oh my God, like, could it get any worse for this guy? This is a dentist. Half the time on those calls, he was working on patients. He had patients in the chair. Give is him some more novocaine. Give him some more gas. Oh, they're complaining about me. Holy crap. <sighs> and, and I, I mean, I was looking at some of the teeth on that woman in the in the commercial, and it it doesn't look good to me. It looks bad. It, it, she can barely. She's she has a lisp now with her teeth, and she can. They're they're you know, all about appearances. That's what he kept saying. We're we're all about appearances. Like they don't care if you can eat or talk. We want you to look good. Look at your teeth, how white and straight. You know. It's, right. We're all about appearances. I mean, the stupid commercial that uh, Givers did, they didn't even show him working. It was, that was Katie in the chair. 
the, and Katie was not a patient, but he made sure he said she was a patient of record. That' why he had the Xanax for. You know, he snuck that in. He's covering his ass as a doctor. I feel sure that he misused right. his uh, prescription pad quite a lot. I think so too. I think so too. And you know, I noticed that he said, "I don't know whether she took his Xanax or not, but I took one and went to bed." I mean, just covered come, on. come on, come on, come on. Just to just to circle back real quick, um, we're all fascinated by this pro Adelson juror. Uh, Josie at Josie Chaplin mm -hmm. asks, "Sonny, did that jilted juror interact at all with the other jurors, like being lunch buddies?" With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I saw a couple of the women um, having lunch together, but when we were doing um, interviews and chats, we wanted to get away because we didn't want anybody to hear us talking. And it's really not that big of a, a little neighborhood. So we went to our car in the parking garage and hoped that nobody could hear us talking to the other chats that we were on. So mm -hmm. I, I so don't know. No, just don't know. Yeah, it's really no. Hard. We saw a couple of you don't see the jury when you're in a trial. You see them when they're in. You know, you're not meant to see the jury. Really, if you run into them in the elevator or something, you just freak out as as a trial go. I'm just trying to explain a little bit. You want to be as far away from them as possible. You don't want to influence them. You don't want to. I mean, you just don't want anything to go wrong in this in the trial at all. And they, and they do their best. They eat, you know, a lot of times food is brought in for them or they, eat, you know, you're generally, well, not, you know, seen. you're never generally not seen with the, you don't see much of the jury unless they're in, you're in court and court is in practice, you know, session, well, excuse me, session. I, so. a couple of, we did see uh, one or two brought a lunch, uh, was eating it on the patio, the, the, um, the little uh, luncheon counter in the courthouse has an outside patio that was lo lovely. We saw her eating out there. So um, they're supposed to keep their sticker on. Some of the people I could see easier than others from their face, but they were sitting with a profile to me, except the, you know, uh, Dr. Blood, he kept turning around. I mean, he was like, a, his head, his neck was on a swivel. His head was on a swivel. Uh, and as I said, my daughter put her head down so he wouldn't have her to look at. Um, and then, um, what, what else here? Let's see. So do, do, do. How did the you police ask me anything? in that restaurant that day Dan Dot was killed? Does anyone know? How did they call Oh, I heard they called and found, they, they called her and asked her where she was, but oh, I, I'm not right. sure. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, PM13, for that question. I was just curious myself. I was like trying to think back how that worked. I don't want to get you off your game. What was your what was your impression of Charlie? I'm sorry, I don't. We didn't really get into that in the beginning of the trial. What do you think was was the jurors' reaction to him? Did he seem confident? Did he seem confident throughout the whole thing, every day, through the? Oh verdict? yeah, totally cocky. You know, arrogant. I think he was. Uh, I don't think he has enough 
um, sense to be embarrassed about anything. I mean, I would have been under the table about uh, talking about treating someone's child like that, blow some pot smoke in her face or give her a Xanax or something instead of, you know, maybe you could rinse your mouth out with some warm salt water and peroxide or something, you know, like do something old fashioned, <laughs> take her to the doctor or something. So that he, but he, that's the, that's this arrogance. That's what made them think they could get away with this whole thing, that they could just go into a town they've never been to, uh, uh, shoot a man in his driveway who just dropped his kids off, who's just living his life trying to be a good father, you know? just mm -hmm. the arrogance of it and that just showed he's just he thought he was going home he really thought he was going home that day i, yeah. I think he was he, he just he really said something about is this the van that's going to take me home you know he was joking that morning wow but, wow wow and 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 when the jury came back so quickly what was the mood in the courtroom oh it was bristling bristling with excitement it was it was like Christmas Eve <laughs> and Monica, yes. you know, and, and Monica yep. and, you know, your first day at Disney or something like the anticipation because it came back so quick mm -hmm. and the gallery. So, I mean, some people didn't even get back in time, but we stayed, we stayed around the courthouse. Uh, so we were actually walking laps around where we were, they did the interview with Georgia. We were counting how many steps we just couldn't sit still, but well, we, things started moving and we, you know, we'd gotten to know some of the officers and when they started moving towards the courthouse, the, the courtroom and unlocking it and the state attorney came out and Georgia and her boss and her boss's boss, Jack Campbell came out and all of the deputies, they all sat in the back of the court. I mean, there was like a dozen guns behind me. It was very unsettling, uh, but nobody like yeah. all surrounding Charlie, but they were all in the back of the courthouse. Uh, in the courtroom and then all of the media and, and it was, we all kind of knew, you know, you don't come back that fast. It, it just seemed like screw the shit. This guy, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. It's just like one nail after another that kept his, his, it sounded like he was a great guy, but when they got done, he was a terrible dentist. He was a terrible, you know, uncle. He was an awful brother-in-law. He was a, you know, a, a shitty son-in-law, a, a bad brother, and they mm -hmm. couldn't relate to him. There was no, he had no, there was nothing redeeming about him. And I'm worried what they're going to say this day. too. I mean, the evidence was really, it was yeah. really staggering against him. And, uh, uh, and, you know, on a case like this, it would be really hard to think either they the jury was so convinced, you know, that it was so laughable. They were like, oh, not guilty. Everybody go home, you know, but because it came back so quickly, you know, you were saying I was saying sometimes they say it's good. But then I was thinking about it after we talked, like, of course, it's if it came back so quickly, it's got to be guilty because otherwise, if it's not guilty, uh, you know, on this, it comes back really super quick. You know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Like even faster, like let's not even deal with right. any of this. Right, stuff. right. Like, yeah, oh, why wow. are we even here? Right. right. Um, right. Someone's right. asking if the jurors react when the judge read their names. No, they didn't seem to. Uh, 
they didn't seem bothered by it. I don't know why he didn't give them numbers. He said something about he didn't want to confuse the jurors, which seemed a little insulting to me. Um, and what uh, was Jeffrey Lacoste? What was your impression of Jeffrey oh, Lacoste? And oh, um, Jeffrey, oh, poor Jeffrey. <laughs> we found out that he that? actually. What do you mean by that, well, Sunny? I think Jeffrey really liked and at one time loved Wendy or the idea of Wendy. I think you're right. And she yeah. was, she, she just was using him and he's so un, well now I'm going to say now he's different, but it seemed like, I don't want to say naive, but so that you couldn't think somebody would do that to you. You know, like maybe that was the first time he really got hurt. <laughs> you know, yes, he just seems like such a, a studious heart. He's a social worker, bleeding heart with a man purse and a yoga doing. And, you know, he's got a lot of feeling, you know, like a uh, sense of quality. And he was going to take Wendy protects. to meet his, he was going to take Wendy to meet his family. And he was, he, you know, he was excited about that. You know, and I'm sure his mother, you know, just think about that. You have the son who's been applying himself with PhD and he's just gone, been a student his whole life. And now he's teaching and now he, he finds a girl and, you know, and then she canceled on him like a few days before because she was afraid she wouldn't get back in time when the kids were the day of the, the day of the murder. Right. So it was had to be back for that. Had to be back for that day. And, uh, I'll talk about that another. Uh, so it's a pre-planning. So I think that's what uh, I think that you know he's yeah. I, I we felt bad for him because uh, she disparaged him, uh, mm. and he's a nice guy. And I don't think there was one student he's ever had that'll get up there and tell you one bad thing about him. I mean, there were students from FSU and faculty in this in the gallery. I didn't know who was who, but. Um, they did. People, people knew each other. Hey, I have a theory. I'm just going to put out this theory. If someone else has come up with this theory before me, forgive me, but I've, it, it, does anybody ever think of Jeffrey Lacoste as for the Adelson family is like the second coming of Rob, the, the oldest son. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's like they all hated on Rob and now they can all like hate on Jeffrey Lacoste for the same route, for the same kind oh, of reasons, sure. doing the right thing, putting it together. Uh, I heard Rob put it together pretty quickly. What happened here? And, um, and, and they and they consistently come out bravely uh, telling the truth about their experience with the family and what they saw. What do you well, think? you know, Rob, she, not so much. She, she never had listen, she never had any intention of being uh being with him long term. He was driving, he drove a little beat up car because he was saving his money to buy a house because he wanted to be married and have a family. He wanted what Dan had and he was working towards that. He was only an assistant professor. Um and you know Wendy even brought him into her home and said the kids call her daddy and everything. I, it, it, she's just a user. I can't stand her. I swear I wanted to smack her. <laughs> I know. She's so, she's so, the smugness is so hard to take. But yeah, I just, I just feel like I saw, like, you know, when he, when Jeffrey Lacoste was on the stand, just the hatred, like, oh, yeah, the laser yeah. beams of hatred out of Charlie's eyes were like just coming at him, like, Rrr. and oh, I yeah, just he didn't. that. And I feel that when Wendy talks about him, they really, 
Like he is public enemy number one and he keeps bravely testifying. And I think he's one of the, I mean, he's a dream witness. He's the kind of him and, the, him, and, uh, uh, the, the, him and Louis Rivera were the heroes. <laughs> and uh, of course, you know, um, the FBI guy with all the recordings. I told him the whole internet loves you. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that and also yeah, you, you brought up um, Dan's lo uh, divorce lawyer. What an amazing testimony. Gotta go over right. that someday. That is incredible. It's so moving. You know, um, it's so moving. Um, their relationship that they had and I mean, the guy was like, he inspired me, made me a better lawyer. You were talking, you were better talking lawyer. about it before. Right. It, I, I just find it so incredibly moving and touching. And um, just the, all the people Dan Markell touched, it's it's incredible. And could have touched. And 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 he he, he was a brilliant legal mind. As I said, he was close, he, close friends with our state attorney, who's, you know, no slouch himself, Dave Ehrenberg. Uh, he's not running again, by the way. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what the what's that all about. But um, mm. he 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 could have been to the Florida Supreme Court. I mean, and I'm wondering if because Dubin is so innocence project, and Dan was so punished the criminals. You know, Dan wrote that book crime and punishment in the family or something like that? Yes, very much. Very, I was reading his stuff. It's hard to tell. I mean, he's not like, you know, he's very, you know, he loves, he really does in his prof blog argue every side of every argument. But yes, he's like, his point was that you, that, that justice is not just about the criminal. It's about society. It's about the victims. It's, a, it, you know, we don't, right now, all the conversation is always I mean, we, I, 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 please don't let me go on too long, but just it's always about the criminal and the criminal's experience of prison. And, and why is it called the criminal justice is, system? That, right, exactly. That our criminal justice system, that the punishment is part of the justice system, rehabilitation or not, you know, whether it happens or not. Right. It shouldn't be called the criminal justice system. It should be called justice for victims or something like that. I know. Right. I know it's gotten so it's, it, they're just, they're just, they're just going through. And if you know what's going on with these DAs, they put in all these DAs in blue cities that are defense attorneys. And so in Baltimore and New York and Los Angeles, you have two defense attorneys talking to each other in court and there's nobody representing the people and there's nobody representing the victim. And I know, Sonny, you and I are cut from the same cloth. We're both very victim focused, probably a little bit more partial to the prosecution generally. But we would never do that. We would never say, uh, Charlie Adelson, get him a prosecutor who's going to really work against his best interest. It's so cynical. It's such a corruption of our of the process and of of everything good and true in our justice system. I don't, I think that um, going forward, like, oh, let me tell you what Georgia said in her closing argument about uh, Jeffrey, regarding Jeff Lacoste. Uh -huh. She says, cause they tried, oh, don't listen to him. He's just a man with a broken heart. And she says, well, on her, on her redirect, yes, Jeff, 
his heart was broken. But unfortunately for the defense, his brain was working just fine. She has zingers like that. Someone asked, sorry if I can't bring it up. I, I, it doesn't highlight for me in this program. I'm sorry. So it's kind of hard to find and I don't want to waste time. Someone asked, um, what was the reaction when Georgia Kappelman was questioning Wendy and about her comments in her police questioning about it's different now, isn't it? It was the end of her her examination of Wendy. Mic drop. Mic drop. They're like, what just happened? That's it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. but then they, they had it. Was that on the second time they had to bring her back? You know, there was that whole... Um, what happened there? What was that about? Okay, so this was all about the double hearsay objection, where Jeff said this about Wendy. So they had to impeach her. So they had to bring her back on the stand and ask her, did you ever say to Jeff, my brother looked into hiring a hitman for me like a week before the murder? And so, uh -huh. you know, she had. So every time she said, she said, no, no. And then Georgia brings out the receipts and then she says, oh, okay, maybe I did. Oops. You know, like she did that a couple of times. She just denied and denied. And when Georgia brought, okay, turned to page 206, you know, in the binder. And then she says, oh, okay, I did. Yep. And just move on. Like, like, I, oh, I just stepped in something. Let me keep going. I mean, I know it's not usual to charge people with perjury, but what an open and shut perjury case you have there, you know? Yeah. Well, mean, yeah, she's, she's lied. Uh, yeah, you saw she's made some some lies. She she totally lied about the countless visits. I mean, even <laughs> you saw Georgia countless visits because she's in touch with the Markels. The the whole reason why, um, it, in order for the Markels to get the last visit they had, they delayed arresting Katie because there was a visit on the table and they thought if they arrested Katie, that Wendy would pull that away. So they waited a week or something until after the visit and then they arrested Katie. Wow. Because wow. they already knew that they weren't gonna be able to see the kids anymore. Um, this was also too, they were Did showing they pictures. Did Jeffrey Lacasse back too? Or it, they had to bring Jeffrey back, yep. Yeah, what but he, he lives in town. He lives in town. He wasn't a hundred miles away. She was already halfway home. <laughs> oh, wow. She didn't wow. sleep around. Nope. Because so what happened was we were breaking for lunch and I heard um, Georgia and uh, Sarah say, I'm calling, I'm calling his lawyer right now. I'm calling her lawyer right now. So Georgia had to call Laura to say, bring Wendy back because we have to, it was like a double hearsay. Then Jeff had to come back in and say, she did say that. So they were trying to, they didn't want to impeach Wendy, but they had to, I, I, it was a, something about a double hearsay. And I was talking to a lawyer in the chat at the time and he was explaining it, but I was too busy in the chat to understand it, but it was about double hearsay. So they had to bring him back to impeach her. Hey, I'm going to take a I'm just going to take a quick break and rest my voice for a second while we, uh, and um, while I do, this might be a little loud. So you might want to turn your, I just can't control it. I download, did I download this or not? No, I don't. No, 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 no. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Uh, I'm just going to share the 
Ryan Fitzpatrick clip just to give me a little bit of a a little bit of a break and then we can talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick and the jury's reaction to him like just incredible hold on one second the special guest is Ryan Fitzpatrick my education went to University of Florida got accepted to law school did not finish law school have worked in the legal industry part owner of a medical facility roofing company Generation Florida. Getting this home. The special guest is Ryan Fitzpatrick. My education went to University Weird. of Florida. Well, got accepted sad. law school. Did not finish law school. All right. I'm sorry, guys. Let me, let me do this and do it again. I was such a. It was going to be such a perfect. Um, I had it all. Oh, here I know what I did. All right. All right. One second. Oh, these things that are on lives. Yeah. Technology. <laughs> right. Technology like is definitely how. Let me go back. Are we allowed to hate it while we're loving it and using it? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. 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 Let me. I don't know how you even go back to the beginning of a short. Does anybody know? I don't know. Hang on. Do we have to watch it from the middle? All right, let's see if we worked in the legal industry. I'm oh, sorry. The special guest is Ryan Fitzpatrick. My education went to University of Florida, got accepted to law school, did not finish law school, have worked in the legal industry, part owner of a medical facility, roofing company, fifth generation Florida. I grew up with a good family. I'm the youngest of six. Good family, good upbringing. My father is a retired Marine Corps captain. We were raised with good beliefs. My family has cattle. We're just country people. College educated. Met Charlie through friends of college that are higher educated people and professionals. And I feel like a lot of people are giving me a bad rap and associating me with Charlie's friend. But to be honest, it was really hard. We were best buddies. I was with him in the Philippines. With him in Colombia. I was with him all over the world. Uh, <laughs> I, we knew. We knew, and it is what it is, but my former best friend, I mean, I've been around the world with them. They were really nice people. Okay, that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I wrote on my book. Craigar, right, is his channel. He gave, zero, he gave zero shits. He did not care. Well, he he is didn't care. His tour, his apologist tour, is it was just an, an absolute failure. Try to get, you know, liked. He's like, everybody's talking meanly. And so he did all these interviews and it just made it worse. You know, he, he's with him in the Philippines. He's, you know, going on the, all these sex tourism trips with him. Then it's friends at the door. Did you see the interview, Sonny? Yeah. Yes. His friends knocking on the door and it's like, I'm just here to get my steroids. I mean, I, like, I mean. You know, I have my own problems in my live streams, like what you just witnessed that are embarrassing to me. But I have never. Oh, I think that was a setup. I think they that were, happened. Oh, I think that was his. I think they were doing that on purpose. Oh, no. Oh, no. I take the other. I think you know? that was really. Did you see the dagger looks that he gave? Dagger <laughs> looks. Dagger looks. And he's like, you will wait outside. I don't think they're. I think that's a clue. I mean, I think it's. I think his friend was doing it as a joke because of the, because 
Ryan was at the court all day or something, but I don't think that Ryan thought it was a joke, but I think his friend did. I think his friend okay. was fucking around, came in, let me embarrass him and blah, blah, blah. And Ryan didn't, I think it rubbed Ryan the wrong way. But oh, it's interesting. It, I, I, I it, didn't see it that way, but oh, it gives me something to think about for sure. Oh, yeah. Like they probably saw him on the stand and, you know, he was there all day. He, he said, I, I wish I would have known I would have gone out and talked to him. He was sitting there all day because he had to fly into to Atlanta and then go to Tallahassee or something. And uh, yeah. it was cold that day. It was very cold. And we're from South Florida. So we were like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that his friends were just coming in to bust his ass. You know, his girlfriend was sitting on one side on the first night with Judy. And um, I, I think his uh, I, I think his friend was busting his balls. That's all. I think he was just joking around, just trying to embarrass him to, like, mm. get the to to, like, make him loosen up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, totally on the stand. He didn't give zero. He didn't give a zero. He had zero fucks to give. Came through mm-hmm. loud and clear. So, what was your impression of him, and what was your impression of his testimony? Just besides zero f's, anything else? Um, I think that uh, to me, he came across as uh, a, a former friend of Charlie's that got screwed, like everybody else did. He's probably holding back a lot more than he's saying, and for that, Charlie should probably be appreciated. And it looks like he's, you know owning up to what he did and he's seeing how close he came to getting mixed up in all of this. I, I hope that he gets his, okay. gets a girl and settles down, you know? Mm-hmm. And what was the jury's reaction to Rivera and, and what was your impression of Rivera? Well, he came in in chains. So what happens is he comes in and sits down and the jury is not in yet. Then they come in and there's this convicted murderer sitting like feet from them. So they're facing him um, and he's facing us. So they could see his profile and I could see their profile. Uh-huh. He soft-spoken, wasn't taking no crap. Uh, everybody in the gallery kind of laughed when he said, um, not a gang, we're a family. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, he, he is a violent killer but he's also a product of his environment and I, he was used. And I sure hope that uh, like the jury, to me, it was almost like, this is real now. Like there's a killer right here. Like Charlie's in a suit. He's maybe a killer. We don't know. That's just what they're saying. But this guy said he did it. He was part of this. And now he's sitting there saying that Charlie was part of it. How could you not believe him? Like what's, why not? What, what does he have to gain by putting Charlie into it? Uh, right. To me, Lacoste and Rivera had the most forthcoming uh, mm-hmm. testimony, you know. Really? And, and how, did, how did Katie come across to you? A lot different than she does in all the calls. So if anybody's, you know, only the jury would have been fooled by her because we've all heard her on her phone calls, her terrible mouth, how little she cared for her kids, although she was always out there trying to make money. I mean, I got to give it to her. She had a college degree and she was working and working and working. I don't know what Secreto was doing. Um, Her mom died. Her mom was a nurse and she died while Katie was in jail. And uh, I, I hope that she turns her life around, but she's a grown woman and I think she got greedy 
and she wanted all the things that Sigfredo wasn't giving her. Charlie looked good to her, a good time guy, money, cars, nice restaurants, everything that she didn't have with Sigfredo. So everybody <laughs> in this whole, everybody was using each other. It was all transactional. Everybody used each other. Nobody really cared enough about each other. They were supposed to this gang, but now it's every man for himself, you know. I was thinking, isn't this the ultimate American story? Is, you know, choosing stuff uh, over love, over real values, over family, over, you know, just the attitude towards the, even the, their own religion, you know, to go. I'm saying if it's important to you enough to go on J-Date and to find someone who's Jewish and then to so battle over kosher food, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just right. you know, such it's like just using your religion for status, for whatever, you know, not there's no sort of soul to this. It, it's like choosing flash over over what really feeds us in substance, you know, and you're right. right all like what what you can buy. Well, you can buy you can buy the control of your mood through drugs. You can buy the control of your body through plastic surgery and steroids and whatever else you know it's like everything that you can buy in america but without you know what what for you know what for in the you know in the end um it was very upsetting to if you hear that when you listen to all of the recordings you can hear donna doing all of her things with the babies and that that was very heartbreaking everybody in the gallery was like trying to send virtual hugs to the Markels because we all had our backs to them. They got to sit in the front two rows and we all had to sit behind them. And mm -hmm. it, it was just all those things they missed out. And for what? And mm -hmm. and then Wendy wasn't even there. What? Right. I mean, I, I think I, I've shared that, you know, my, there was a rift in my family and I didn't meet my grandmother until I was nine or 10. And it was, you know, it, it's, 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 you, you miss a lot, you know, you miss a lot and it creates a very weird atmosphere around this parent, you know, or grandparent, you know, very odd. It, it's just, it's, it's an, it's, it's even worse when the parent, parent is deceased and it's their only connection to, you know, those two grandparents and to their memories and, oh, it's, it's it's just tragic, awful case. This is why this is why we are important, and I by we I mean your podcast, your listeners, your subscribers. Because who else is going to speak for the victims, but but us and their family? And sometimes the family doesn't have the big mouth like we do. Sometimes the family needs help, you know, right. getting this out there. And uh, you know, uh, uh, the lady who, oh helped with the grandparents so when when george uh, when wendy said it's unconstitutional laura if you look back you can go back and look um john laura her lawyer looks over at rashbaum and he looked a little disappointed that rashbaum didn't get up and say objection or something because wendy's like yeah i'm familiar with that and that's unconstitutional you see wendy staring at the judge at that point the judge is telling Members of the jury, please disregard, you know, so she's a lawyer and she's going to tell us what's constitutional, but she doesn't know what contempt is. And why would you be mad that people want to love and be a part of your kid's family? It just, 
doesn't right. make sense. And oh, my kids don't belong in foster care. That all that acting. Oh, give me a break. Do you know how many people in Florida that are in foster care would love to be in a Jewish foster care right now? <laughs> right. Because uh, the state of Florida, you know, you know how the state-run facilities are. Right. Exactly. So. Great point. Trevor Preston is asking Sonny, um, what were your impressions of Georgia Kappelman? Oh my, what a boss. What a queen. What a presence. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I'm in awe of her. I mean, I'm starstruck. I, I was tongue-tied. I've met movie stars because my father was a teamster and we worked on Miami Vice and every movie that was ever filmed down here in South Florida. And I was tongue-tied with Georgia <laughs> and, and uh, Sarah. Very lovely, well-dressed, well-presented, classy, quiet, sarcastic, smart and taking no shit. She's like, she lives a do no harm, but take no shit. Yeah, That's what I get out of Georgia. A wonderful lawyer too, to watch. I, I just, and she it brings a lot of feeling into the courtroom. You know, she's not one of these steely, you know, steely, uncontained un, un, kind of lawyers. She really- I wonder if that has anything to do, well, also the fact that she had, you know, she's a graduate of FSU. Um, Maybe Dan could have, or at one time, what, what what if he was an instructor of hers, or you know, you don't know how many people he could have touched in the, in that town. That's what it's. Oh. What could have been is what is, and what we're left with is is it's it's not worth it. I don't I don't I don't get it. So what was going on when these wiretaps were being played? I mean, what was the mood in the courtroom? What was I, I mean, well, I, they were hard to understand, so they had it on the teleprompters there, so we were reading along. Mm -hmm. It was kind of boring. It was kind of, um, I would, I want to say it was terrible for the Markells most of all, because a lot of the times you can hear the boys in the background, mm -hmm. and at no time did they ever worry about the boys. We're mm -hmm. talking about being extorted. Oh, go brush your teeth. Oh, this thug knows where I live. Oh, go go tell grandpa to help you get and read your book tonight. Like, and then, um, so listening to the, the wiretaps were, they were awful. And I think that they, they weren't looking good for Charlie. I um, oh, okay. Yeah. A question um, for you, but I, of course, now I've just, just, wait, hold on. Let me try to go back in my mind a little bit. Um, yeah, it's like Rosemary's Baby or something, you know, the sound of like, you rock the baby, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this evil in, in, injected in something that was really, um, do you think that a lot, okay, here, I, now I've remembered what I was going to ask you. Do you think these witnesses like June and Ryan, who's, I mean, I'm not going to put them on the same level, okay, of loyalty, but obviously Ryan is still holding back for whatever reasons, um, whether if it's to make his him and his family look better or to save Charlie or wh for whatever reasons. I think we're both in agreement about that. Do you think some of that worked well for the prosecution in that it showed that this family is still powerful and that in some ways Charlie's still in control? How's that again? So what I'm asking is, it's like, 
when you okay, let's just take June. Let's not put them both together, okay. Ryan. Let's take June. When you see Charlie oh, controlling a witness like that, right. you think it helps the state's case to show that Charlie can still yeah. influence people? Even no, I don't think the only impression June made on that um, jury was that she's um, dumber than a bag of rocks and she got lost coming into the courthouse that she's been into at least four other times. Um, and she got lost on her way from the bathroom. I mean, and she held the cord up and then her phone went off. Just such disrespect for, for her justice system. It just drives me. It's my personal. It seemed like she was bothered. She didn't want to be there. Everybody's time. It was a bother, right. you know, and she, there weren't that many people for Charlie. Um, and so to me, she was a reluctant state witness, but it was the matter of having three people in a row talk about the stapled money. And that's what I got out of that day. Mm -hmm. um, June, Ryan, and Katie, all in the same day, said that they stapled money. And I said right there, those three things, no, nobody else does that. That's going to that's gonna put the nail in his coffin. It's going to put the nail in his coffin. And when they were talking about the stacks of money, um, so the, the jury, like I said, the jury was, they seemed like they were, okay, we got to die. This guy's being accused of this and that. But when they started talking about how much money he made and the millions of dollars and let me move 25,000 out of my stack to your stack, mm -hmm. people were like, what, who, what, what, what stacks, stacks of money right. in a safe 25,000. And so I even wrote it down. Charlie had a stack. Charlie and Donna had a stack. Donna and Harvey had a stack and Wendy had a stack. Although Wendy denied it. I, I, you know, I noticed the question, you know, it's, it stood out to me when Georgia asked Wendy, did you have a stack? So you didn't have a stack of money in the state. Oh no. No. Well, she, so how do you get around that? Do you say, well, my parents, I didn't perjure myself. Maybe my parents might've had one. I didn't have one in their safe. You know, yeah, she's a lawyer. She answers, around, yeah. she answers lawyerly like, you know what I'm saying? She she answers in a lawyer questions. So does Charlie. So society people have a stack. We all would, but not from those. You know, not from their blood money. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, just so much, so much. Um, I think there's a lot of corruption in that family and a lot of um, smaller financial crimes. That's just my opinion. When they were showing the map that uh, Wendy took when she went by this crime scene. Um, all of the jurors, it's like you could, they were looking at the map and you could look at them and see some of them were like, I've driven that way. That's not a shortcut. Or I'm going to go there after this jury today, even though he told them not to, you know, 90% of them were going to go and see, was that a shortcut or not? Um, that's the look I, like they either wow. already knew it or they were going to go and find out that night. Right. They're going to drive it themselves. They're right. going to go drive it themselves. And I really, she should have just taken them there because uh, it really is a nice neighborhood. Um, uh, and it's a little bit out of the way, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not a shortcut. And, and you so, know, you, you've seen the videos. I mean, you can see how close it is. It's ridiculous. I mean, that story is by far the most damaging. I mean, to me, Donna fleeing is the most damaging. Some of the, I mean, to me, in my mind, if I were a juror, she's got a one-way ticket to Vietnam at 72. You want to retire in Vietnam? Really? 
without your grandkids right. and your family, everything, you know, come on. And with the life so that she did you all, have lived, she's made so she the best the and her she's phone now. Yeah. I would have thrown my phone in the Atlantic Ocean or flushed it down the toilet at the Miami airport and right. just gone without it. You know, like the, that's their, that's what they, that's not going to, that, is that their entitlement or their, their Teflon coating that they think, oh, I can still have my phone. I mean, he had a, Agent Sanford had to wrestle it out of her arm. That's where she got the bruises from. I have a question from Craig. Is the scary looking blonde pictured with Wendy still a mystery beyond linking to Denise Williams? So we're talking about, Sonny was nice enough to explain to me that Wendy is also a victim. So she has an advocate with her. So that woman is her advocate. They can choose whoever they want to be their advocate. She chose this woman who was also Denise Williams. I can't remember exactly how that case ended up. I think she eventually, she got her conviction overturned, uh, but also an accused or, you know, she was actually in an, uh, uh, charged and convicted. I thought at one point of being involved in a murder. So, I do not know that case well, but here's Wendy with that same advocate. What a weird choice. Does anyone know her name? That's what no I'm one knows her name. Yeah. We just called her. Yeah. We just yeah. scary woman. I mean, she looked like I, when I was in the chat, I called her Wendy's handler because she looked like a bodyguard. I mean, you know, she, she was, she was, she was a, she had a presence about her. What was Let's it? just what say was that. The presence? Can you describe it? I'm, just, I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big bad bee and I will, <laughs> okay. you know, like, just look yeah. at me. I mean, her face, her face just says it all. You know, yeah. I mean, I know huge people that are very nice. <laughs> She's <Right>. not. <laughs> right. Very pit bully face. You know, I like pit bulls, but, you know, very pit bully face, you know. Right. At least Dubin, who was quite scary looking, made it a point to smile every time because he, he has resting main, mean face. I mean, we didn't know who he was at first. I was like, who is this guy following us? And, and it turns oh, out yeah. he was just going to get lunch. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is a guy but, trying to get the worst of the worst out of prison on nonsense, on legal loopholes, intimidating witnesses, getting them to change their testimony, um, you know, just reducing the evidence against these convicted killers. And, and you know, what else? So don't make me say it. Um, please, if you're listening to this and enjoying it, please hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and share this episode. Oh, what, what, someone what? is saying her last name is Honeycutt, one of 12 people Wendy sent the email to. Thank you, Caroline C. in the chat. She's a lawyer. Her last name is Honeycutt, one of the 12 people Wendy sent the email to. Caroline C., thank you so much. And thank you, Sonny, for noticing it because it's kind of hard for me to read. Well, all of the I chat. said I wasn't going to read while I was, <laughs> I have the TV, the phone and the laptop on. I said I wasn't going to read because I've got my notebook in front of me. Um, right. Does anyone, does anyone besides me think that Charlie at any point should have said, oh my God, they're coming after me, the boys, my sister, I'm going to throw myself on the sword and take the fall and protect my whole family. No. He couldn't even have the balls to call the guy and say, what are you doing? I mean, if I, they really 
Nobody was worried about the boys. I, I wrote it almost every day. What about the boys? <laughs> what about the boys? You know, Wendy's out doing her thing and they're out. With the, what about the boys? You're getting, uh, this guy's coming up to you on the street and, and you're not scared. You just put the letter in your purse and go pick up the boys and walk right on home. It's just too weird. We think that that whole time she stayed on that phone, that whole long with Trescott to the ABC. And I did write this. I was in town six days and I saw more liquor stores than anything. So why she had to go all the way to that liquor store was an alibi. Oh, we know why. We know yeah. why, Sunday. So, yeah. And she never so, yeah. called, she never called she Danny for the preschool. She drove up, saw the crime tape and never, oh my God, Danny, are you okay? Are the boys okay? That was telling. Yeah. It's what they didn't do. She didn't drink usually, and she had to ask about alcohol when Jeff Lacasse said she drank her dinner most nights. So it's like, well, you know, it's such a, it's such a, it's also some of what this case is about is like the difference between what you do in the dark and the light, you know, your public image and your private persona. Well, um, there's the third one too, your secret self. You got your yeah. private, your private self, your public self, and your secret self. Well, um, I was thinking about the drinking. Um, I'm sure that when she was pregnant for like three years, because the boys are pretty close in age, and then she was nursing, she didn't get to do too much drinking. I mm -hmm. think after the after the divorce and the boys were a little older, and she's not nursing both kids at the same time while driving to Florida. Oh my gosh, um, that she's probably started drinking when all this went down, and I'm sure she's making up for lost time because, you know, after all she went through college as a, a scholarship and a valedictorian, I'm sure she wasn't out partying or anything. So yes, good. Point. She's like, really good point. Yeah, so maybe, maybe she was making up for lost time or maybe she couldn't get any Xanax or something, but that's why she had a drink. I don't see Jeff being a big drinker. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine trying to, you know, teach class with a hangover. So is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm going to probably cut it a little bit shorter than I want to today, just because I'm still nursing this, this, uh, unfortunately this illness. Um, what, what, uh, is there anything else you want to add or anything that you comes to your mind that you want to talk well, about? I, we I, the only thing I'm thinking is, um, well, thank you for your time. Thank you to the chat. Um, is that, George is ready for the next one and the next one. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be any plea offered. People kept saying, why didn't Charlie take a plea? There was no plea offered. You have to be offered a plea by the state. That's right. And there's no plea offered, Charlie. There, there's nothing. Right. So um, I think for nine years, I think George is just ready. Bring them in, line them up. Let's go. Because she's I got this thing down to a science. This is like one, two, three. Two for Katie, one, three, this four. This would be her fifth trial. She she doesn't even need notes. <laughs> right. So what do you, when do you think do you when do you think Donna? I mean, when do you think Donna? Wendy, I always do this. It's amazing. When do you think Fibbers is going to get uh, indicted? When would you predict if you had to just for fun, just for a fun prediction for? Uh, well, when I when I did when I did the grand jury, we changed juries in December. So I don't know if it's all that in Florida, but 
we sat for 18 months and we were seated in June and we went through till the next December, but because of the holidays, it was really the January. So 18 months like that. So if there's in the Northern district of Florida, maybe they're going to have a new grand jury or maybe this before the year's end, they'll hand down another indictment because uh, at all the time they're questioning Charlie and everybody, the jury was like, well, who, what about, it sounded like the defense was trying to, uh, it sounded like he was being more against um, Donna than for Charlie. It sounded like Rathbaum kept throwing Donna and Wendy under the bus. So it's like the, the, the jury was wanting to know, well, where are these two people and why aren't they here? So that's why I think Donna's came so fast. I think Georgia talked with the jury, which they do after, and they probably are like, well, where's the rest of those people? He's, he wasn't in this alone. So, yeah. Interesting. So you think it might happen pretty soon. That's interesting. It, I like it, that. It, I like that. That's a gutsy prediction. I like that. I, I yeah. mean, I don't know what they can get when it would have to be perjury. And it, I understand from um, some of the other legal channels that um, the first trial mm -hmm. and the interview with the police are not covered under that immunity. So they mm -hmm. can use anything she said in the interview and anything in the first trial. Right. Right. So it's just the last two trials they can't use. So it's such a, it's such a enjoyable uh, conversation. I've really uh, had fun. Thank you so much, Sonny, for doing this. I'm so glad you're feeling so better. We missed you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, uh, um, I hope that if you have anything else, you reach out to me and I'm going to start worrying about another trial with the Wendy 2.0 over in Duval, Florida, the Shannon Garden. Oh, yes. And that's a death penalty. What is this? What is this? What is Wendy 2.0? Uh, Shanna Gardner, her Shanna Gardner. parents. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Yes, yes. she, of course, the, the black man and the brown man are already in jail. <laughs> oh, it's so the same thing. And, and her yeah. money parents have got Jose Baez as her lawyer. And this is a oh. death penalty. The state has attached a death penalty to her and her yeah, husband. Another one of those kind of lawyers that would attach themselves to someone like Dubin, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, any anybody who has any this has been my my passion my focus of research please don't take my word for it please check it out read the transcripts check it out for yourself but don't just you know you know anytime just read look at look and learn at both sides before you make up your mind on any issue thank you so much sunny have a great night everybody thanks for listening please hit the thumbs up subscribe to the channel and share that episode i'll see you back here real soon. Stay right there.